PH presents Movies That Matter. What's up, everybody? We are back again this week to wrap up Over the Top. Part two this week. I hope you enjoyed part one. This week, me and Jamie will talk all about the tournament at the end of the movie, which was amazing. And, um, you know, we had a few drinks as we're wrapping this up. So hopefully this episode makes sense. But hopefully you enjoyed part one. Hopefully you'll enjoy part two. Next week, join us. We'll have a brand new movie to talk about. Please tell your friends about the show. But enough of this. Let's get into it. Part two, over the top, right now. Okay, so at this point, back and forth. Lincoln Hawk and Michael are both kind of doing their own thing. Michael's leaving. He's bolting town. He's at the airport. He's He drove. Yeah, okay, so that's the thing. He stole a truck out of the garage. He drove, which he just learned how to drive like two days ago. I think it was a white Nissan truck. I'm not sure. Yeah. But he definitely drove. He was, by the way, an incredible driver. By the way, that truck's a stick shift. That truck's a stick shift. Yeah, which so is the 18-wheeler. I mean, a little different, but <laughs> he knows how to drive. But somebody did. He did almost sideswipe a car, and somebody yelled out the window, "Are you crazy, kid?" Like it didn't. It didn't matter that it was a kid. You know, it it wasn't the fact that it was a kid. Like he didn't care that it was a kid. He was just like, "Are you crazy, kid?" It's the eighties, man. And yeah, so, you, you just haul goddamn ass. Also, about him being a kid, he drives to the airport. He parks. The guy doesn't go. Hey, why are you driving? He goes. You can't leave that truck here. Yeah. <laughs> to which Michael tosses in the keys and says, you can keep it. Yeah. Like, dude, you're not even worried about this kid driving. You're just worried about where it's parked. Yeah, why? Because it's the 80s and you could just drive cars as a kid. It didn't matter. That's what. That's when the world was a little a little more simple. Yeah, he gets to the airport. He sneaks in the baggage. I think he flew in, in baggage the whole way. Yeah, I'm not real sure what he did, but he popped up out of the baggage cart in vegas yeah meanwhile lincoln hawks getting ready for this tournament we uh we see a lot of the other arm wrestlers these arm wrestlers are fucking incredible i mean we see a young scott norton uh which a good personal friend of mine friend of yours friend of the podcast um yeah you had a great conversation with scott norton about over the top didn't you yeah i did i've talked to scott norton multiple times about over the top i mean he's scott norton professional arm wrestler professional wrestler uh, huge in Japan, Scott Flash Norton. One of the uh, baddest dudes in the, on the planet. NWO, Flapjack Norton. Um, <laughs> real. Probably part of the greatest promo in wrestling history. Um, oh, just a good... Flapjack Norton, dude. <laughs> we was up in the Yukon. <laughs> All right, right now, stop the podcast get on YouTube and look up Flapjack Norton promo. And then when you're done watching it, get back on the podcast. But anyway, good. He's a real good dude. Uh, original badass, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. One of the baddest dudes that's ever walked the planet. Easily. Yeah, he looks like a baby in this movie. He looks young. Yeah, so all these guys are badass. And uh, one of my favorite parts of this is Bull is walking and he, he accidentally bumps into Lincoln Hawk and he just goes chicken shit. Yeah, just walks by. <laughs> yeah. Which is amazing. So yeah, they're in, introducing all these arm wrestlers and I mean first like how many how many people would you think is in the crowd here? 
Oh, dude, there are thousands of people watching this arm wrestling tournament. Would wait, you say wait. probably ten thousand people, fifteen thousand people? When Michael's in the airport, they're showing the arm wrestling tournament like next to like departures and arrivals, which is what it should be. They should yeah. be doing that. But that's how big this tournament is. It's a world do that now. This tournament is worldwide. It's not nationally. It's worldwide. Yeah. So we get to the semifinals. The the announcer goes, 500 started. Now we're down to eight. So there's 500 people in this arm wrestling tournament. 500 people. We didn't see a single arm wrestling match until now, no. basically. They have six um, They have six introductions of the eight. And six, yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote down all these introductions because they were so incredible, but – the first so, guy, the first guy is John Grizzly. Yep. And first of all, he's wearing a shirt that says Fubar, the initials Fubar on it. Which, if you don't know what that means, it means fucked up beyond all recognition. Yeah, it's an old German, old old war term. He's yeah. wearing that's on a camouflage tank top, tucked into camouflage pants that are tucked into combat beards. He's got a huge beard, long hair. So when they go to interview him, John Grizzly says, when I get to the table, I don't care who they are. They're my mortal enemy. I hate them. He hates them. Great promo. Uh, and it's, I mean, this is your typical bad guy, right? I mean, what is this tournament? You win. What do you win if you win this tournament? The you, win, you win a $100,000 prize. No, you and, win the truck and I think two hundred fifty grand. So it's $100,000 money. Which who's support, then, who is who is supplying the money for an arm wrestling tournament like this? I don't know, but it's a hundred grand. You have to buy in. I don't really know. They never made it clear if you have to buy in or not. So if you have to buy in, that does make sense because five hundred participants. That's a lot of money. Yeah, five hundred participants. It's a hundred grand, ten grand a piece. I don't even know if we're doing. We're not going to do math. We've already done science. <laughs> um, so. And on top of that, you get a pearl white Volvo 18 wheeler cab, which is worth 250K. So, technically, if you win this arm wrestling tournament in Vegas, this worldwide arm wrestling tournament, you get 350K. Yeah, I don't know. That's worth it. I mean, none of, none of these guys look like they've ever made more than 30 grand in their life. No, <laughs> I mean, these guys are factory workers, teachers, yeah. like they're. They're they're regular goddamn dudes. Which I see also the other awesome thing about this is there was divisions because the announcer kept going from the Teamsters division, from the truckers division. There's divisions, yeah. Yeah, it's... here's a Canadian champion. But so yeah, John Grizzly's a badass. The next guy's Mad Dog Madison. This guy's huge. He's... And he goes, I'm not so enthused about people coming up and telling me I'm the best. It's more about I wanted to be the best one time in my life. So you can yeah. tell he's been through some shit. Yeah, he's like when people he's like when people come up to me and pat me on the back, I don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear that. If I win, it's cuz I wanted to be the best. Yeah. He's got long black stringy hair. He kind of look he kind of has like Macho Man's hair. Yeah. Like Macho sure Man's hair and beard and he's wearing like the thinnest like the tank it's basically like his tank top it's, it's not like a, a bodybuilder's tank top, like super thin cut. It's like what Scott Norton used to wear. What it's like his tank top he gave me. Remember when Scott Norton gave me his NWO ring worn tank top? Yeah, yeah. So, so the next guy is Harry Bosco from the Teamsters division. 
He's this really thin black dude. He goes, my whole body's an engine, and this is a fire plug. Talking about his arm, and I'm gonna light him up. This guy had no chance to win. He had no chance. <laughs> Dude, he didn't. Everyone he had, when else you look at like, him, you, you know he's going to lose. Builders. I mean, he's yoked, but he's not like, I mean, he's like, he's ripped, but he's just, there's no. Plus, he had the worst promo I've ever seen. He honestly he reminded me of Virgil at WrestleMania 7 <laughs> or whatever that was, where he's like, this mask protects my nose. What's going to protect your yeah, nose? Yeah, that was seven, yeah. And then it was terrible compared to everybody else. But honestly, Brosco had an amazing Budweiser shirt and yeah. an incredible blue Alka-Seltzer shirt. Yeah. One thing we're going to talk about, you know, the crowd was amazing. Honestly, this 30-minute clip of this movie is probably the best shirt run I've ever seen in the history of anything. Oh, everyone's wearing an incredible shirt. Incredible shirts. But speaking of incredible shirts, I'm going to introduce the next guy. If that's okay, honestly, outside of Bull and Link, like he's he may be my favorite arm wrestler of all time, besides Scott Norton. Um, he's a two time Canadian champion, and his name is Slamming Carl Adams. <laughs> um, I love Carl Adams. He's somebody that I would root for if he wasn't arm wrestling Lincoln Hawk or maybe Bull Hurley. Um, and we does, he's wearing a green sports cream shirt and he also wears that blue MetLife shirt. That sports cream shirt's amazing, right? That sleeveless uh, green one. I would love to have that sports cream shirt. Dude, I'd honest to God, I'd wear that. I'd probably sew that sports cream shirt to my body if I had it. <laughs> have you ever seen Bigger, Faster, Stronger? Yeah. <laughs> he's in that. Yeah, he is in that. And it's nothing but sports cream shirts. Yeah. Um, but his promo is he actually takes a different take than everyone else. Like he's he's very calm, collect. He's a two time Canadian champion, as as you know, a Canadian champion would be. He says I should be able to put all of them away real easy. Um, but there's a lot more technique uh to arm wrestling and you can't beat experience. So yeah, he's he doesn't from like in a movie. He's talking for real. Yeah, he's talking for real. Um this is a guy who's worked out his whole life. He's an arm wrestler. He's he's bigger, stronger, faster, um, and he's being serious. Like he he may have signed up to be in this movie, thinking it was an arm wrestling competition. Yeah, I don't think he knows it's a movie. I don't think he ever to this day he doesn't know it's a movie. That's a <laughs> slamming Carl Adams, a two time Canadian champion. He's one of my favorite guys ever. Which, by the way, he's living in a van outside of the Gold's Gym in Los Angeles. Yep, and if you guys want to meet him, just go there. <laughs> yeah, he'll be there taking a shower. He, uh, he's probably fucked right now because all the gyms are closed. Yeah, he's definitely fucked. I'd say by now he would build, because he's so even-keeled and level-headed, he'd probably build his own little He can move into my apartment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he, if he needs anything, Slamming Carl Adams, if you're listening to this podcast, which I'm sure you will, if you need anything, let me know. Yeah, for sure. So Lincoln Hawk is next. He basically just says, you know, the truck's the most important thing. He's he doesn't worry about winning or being a champion. He just needs that truck. Like he's, he's, he's about business. He sold his truck yeah. for seven thousand dollars and then bet it on himself. So if he wins, you know, the truck is the most important because he's got the most money ever if he wins. Yeah, he literally bet his whole life on this. Yeah, everything. And we're gonna talk about what he's wearing. Um honestly He's wearing a sleeveless, buttoned-up 
denim shirt that you know was long sleeve before that, before he ripped the sleeves off. And he ripped them off. They're not cut. He ripped them. (laughs) What'd you just open? White Claw. Damn, what flavor? Black Cherry. Best flavor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I figured you'd say lime. Nah. Um, but he's wearing sleeveless denim shirt. What about that hat? What is this hat? It says like Vana Roo or something like that. It must have been some kind of company back in the 80s. Yeah, it's an old oil filter company or Which something. You can buy that hat online. You can buy it on Amazon. Yeah. So it's it says Bonryu or something like that. Um, but his hat's incredible. Yeah, so that that leaves Bull Hurley the villain, which he gives the best promo. Best promo. And mind you, so Bull Hurley, he's a five-time repeating world arm wrestling champion. He hasn't been beaten in five years. Yeah, unbeaten in five years. Unbeaten in five years. And arm wrestling, honestly, that's like being unbeaten in probably 20 years in any other sport, right? Don't you think? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's fair because everybody like arm wrestling is that sport where there's always somebody incredible coming up. Like somebody incredible is coming up no matter what. And I just, yeah, being unbeaten in five years is he's the best ever. Would you say he's the best ever at the time? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Easily. So his, his promo is awesome. He says, I drive trucks, break arms and arm wrestle. It's what I love to do and what I do best. I mean, that's anything better. He probably this wasn't written. I think he just said it. I think he just said it. And not only did he say it, he said it wearing a trucker's hat that said Las Vegas Security Jail or Las Vegas Jail yeah. Security. Which, by the way, that hat was like furry. I would give anything to own that hat. I would give anything to own that hat. And honestly, he probably, I would say he's wearing a top two or three shirt in the history of anything. Oh, yeah, for sure. He wears a red sleeveless shirt, and then in black letters across his giant chest, it just says blaster. (laughs) (laughs) Which you can also buy online. Yeah. (laughs) Like, how do you defeat that guy? If he walks up and says that, and he's got, you know, obviously we said he's 6'6", 300 pounds with a Fu Manchu, 6'7", I don't know. Sweats like I don't know, fire hydrant in summer. I Yeah, he's one of the best dudes ever. Probably do you think he's the greatest villain of the eighties? That's what I said in our group chat the other day. Yeah, I mean I he's he's one of the greatest movie villains of all time, easily. Oh, I agree. So the tournament starts, Lincoln Hawks against John Grizzly in the first round. John Grizzly eats a cigar before it starts. I guess for mind games. Yeah, so he's smoking a cigar inside in a stadium where 15,000 people are watching him arm wrestle on a platform in the center. And he looks at him with his eyes wide, takes a puff, and then just chews it up and eats it and swallows it and then breathes out smoke. <laughs> Which is incredible. Yeah, I mean, that's there's not really much more intimidating, you know, besides like putting a severed head on the table or something. No. So... Uh, Grizzly actually beats Lincoln Hawk in this match, and I think Hawk gets hurt. I think he's hurt too, and I think 
the cigar with everything going on, losing Michael, it's all catching up to him right here, you know? Um, and this is where he switches to a white tank top. Am I correct? As he's just wearing a tucked in white tank top now. I've never seen people switch shirts so much. Yeah, they each wore a different shirt for every round of the tournament, but every shirt was incredible. Yeah, every shirt was incredible. But he does lose. He gets taken over the top, and it shows it very like. And I mean, this is you know, you lose to John Grizzly, you lose to John Grizzly. That's I mean, he's a fighter. He's a champion. He's a fighter. It's a hell of an arm wrestler. But it cuts to a scene where Hawk's getting like, I think he got hurt. I think he's getting massaged. I think he got hurt. Yeah, because he's in like the medical area, and at this point, uh. Cutler's in town. He wants to talk to him, the grandpa. He does, but do you want to go over the rest of that round? I have the rest of the round if you want to go over it. Is that, I think, Bosco won and Hurley won? Yeah, so uh, Hurley beat uh, Mad Dog, and Mad Dog, you know, he he lost. He admitted it. He lost. Uh, Harry Brosco beat a random huge Asian guy that didn't get an introduction. Why didn't they introduce the two people? And slamming Carl Adams murdered somebody immediately. So, you know, we have the first four victors, John Grizzly, Bull Hurley, Harry Brosco, and slamming Carl Adams. Now go ahead to the office. What the hell are you doing? I had to get another drink. Oh, nice. We probably don't need to edit this. Yeah, that's fine. But this is where he goes up to the office, you know, and, um, you know, the grandfather basically offers him an 18-wheeler and a check and just says, get the hell out of my life, right? Yeah, so he brings them up to the presidential suite, which is like the nicest hotel room you've ever seen. Somehow they they booked that. They booked it that day. Yeah. Which also After somehow it, when the kid left, they just knew he was in Vegas. They knew he was going to the arm wrestle tournament, so they called. I guess they called ahead because they're smart. They booked the the suite at the top that had the the patio and the, all the, the crazy shit, and then made it there at the same time. I'm not real sure. Yeah, and somehow, how, there, but and Lincoln Hawk also from the tent was like, they're like, "Hey, Cutler wants to see you," and he goes, "How much time do I have?" And they go, 30 minutes." Yeah. Which there's no way he could go up to that presidential suite and talk to him in 30 minutes. And come back down. But it's Lincoln Hawk, so I believe he can do anything. Yeah, probably. So he goes up there. He's like, look, you know, Michael's my boy. The grandpa's saying this. He's like, Michael's my boy. I've raised him his whole life. You know, I just want I just want you to leave. So I'm going to offer you. And they takes him out on the porch. He shows him this nice truck. He's like, the truck's yours. Here's a check for $500,000. First of all, I don't care. Listen, I don't have kids. I don't understand that relationship. They say when you have a kid, you understand what having kids is like. And until you do, you don't know. If I have a kid and I leave, which is probably a strong possibility, <laughs> and then 10 years later I'm like hey I need to reconnect with this kid I've known him for two days and someone offers me five hundred thousand dollars 
be hard to turn that down. It'd be, you know, it'd be a real knee slapper if you didn't take it. <laughs> I mean, Stallone didn't even think about it. No, he, he turned it down to me. He's like, nah. Which is crazy. Then, then he walks off. You know, he takes that check and shoves it back. And he walks off and Terry Funk, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, but he first retired in 1981. Yeah, before um, this movie was made. Before this movie was made, he first retired professional wrestling. Chainsaw Charlie, Terry Funk, um, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. The stamps in front of Lincoln Hawk and said, Mr. Cutler is not through with you. Yeah, to which he says, I'm done talking. And so Funk pushes him, and he pushes him back, and Terry Funk goes flying through the door. At least 10 feet. Yeah. I mean, not through the door. a door, a double door frame <laughs> on a balcony in Vegas in a presidential suite. He flies through it like it's balsa wood and fiberglass. <laughs> and shit blows up everywhere. And then Stallone steps on that door and walks out. All right, so after after throwing Terry Funk through a door, he just casually goes back to the tournament, and okay. he has to face Grizzly again, this time for intimidation. Remember last time he ate a cigar? This time for intimidation, he chugs motor oil. Yeah, a can of a motor oil. I'd say, how many ounces do you think that can was? At least 10. I would say it's about 24 ounces. I mean... <laughs> Has anyone ever drank motor oil? Do you think, I think he really drank motor oil. I think he drank. I think he ate a cigar and drank motor oil. I think that's what happened. <laughs> and then even what's funnier is, you know, in in like a few minutes down the road, it shows him putting Alka Seltzer in a cup and drinking Alka Seltzer after that. <laughs> like not like. I'm pretty mean, sure Alka Seltzer doesn't. Eat a, when you eat a lighted cigar and you chug motor oil, you're probably gonna have heartburn. Yeah. Do you think Alka-Seltzer worked in the 80s? Do you think it works now? I don't know. I get heartburn all the time. I could probably use it. Yeah. So we Uh, have this we have this tournament, right? That's happening. And uh, go ahead. Hawks fighting Grizz. Yeah. So Hawk beats him this time. And then we see uh, Hawk versus Mad Dog. Hawk wins that. Yeah. Bull Bull beats Harry Brosco easily. Um, slamming Carl Adams beats the random guy again. So this is what it's showing yeah, us. Which, and when Hawk fought Mad Dog, I, how incredible was Mad Dog? He was howling at the moon. He was howling while he was losing. He was trying to gain strength and become like Nightwolf from Mortal Kombat or something. What do you think? Uh, all these dudes, while they're arm wrestling, are they're screaming, howling. I mean, Mad Dog was literally howling at the moon. Yeah, and there's no way he did like he wasn't told to do that he just ad-libbed it what's hilarious is um when when they showed the eight guys they were like this is the semifinals but it was eight guys and then they said the semifinals again for the for the last yeah they did it was hilarious and i don't think they knew how the tournament was going to run i think there was an arm wrestling tournament and then Stallone showed up with his over-the-top crew and just kind of filmed what during they're doing it. during it. So nobody really knows what's going on. The crowd is going wild, though. I can tell you that right now. Oh, they're so into it. And when they introduced the semifinalists, so first they introduced Bull. And Bull, 
is like people are going ape shit. Like they're literally chanting. He's a five time champ. He hasn't lost in five years. So he is the crowd favorite. Yes. He is over. Um, he's as over as you can get, don't you think? Oh, for sure. I mean, the, people are like all around him. They're chanting his name. They're patting him on the back. They, yeah. They introduce the other two guys, and they're like with their squad. Like Harry Bosco's with the Teamsters. Um, who's a, Adams is the other guy, right? He's got his yeah, squad. Slamming Carl Adams. He's good friends with Mad Dog. And his whole squad is wearing sports grand shirts. Which yeah, is awesome. it's, he's incredible. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm a big Slamming Carl Adams guy. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. So, like, all these guys are, like, with their squads. Bull Hurley has a huge fan base. They're all coming out, like, wrestling entrances. And then it shows they introduce Lincoln Hawk, and he's just by himself staring at that. From truck. the truckers' division with a towel wrapped around his elbow. <laughs> but he is just by himself staring at that truck. Yep. Like, that's what it's all that's about. It's all about motivation to win. Yeah, it's awesome. So the semifinals, Lincoln Hawk versus uh, Bosco. And Bosco, I mean, is just acting like a bitch. I mean, it was probably the easiest victory. Like, he lost immediately. Like, he got absolutely annihilated. Uh, Yeah, he's like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yeah, he started to try to complain and, you know, say he wasn't ready and all this stuff, but he got annihilated. He shouldn't have been there in the first place. He got lucky. He had an easy bracket. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. And then Hurley beats Adams. And I'll tell you, I mean, this is tough for me because I'm a Hurley fan and I'm an Adams fan. And honestly, when you watch this arm wrestling match, slamming Carl Adams, you can tell he left it on the table. I mean, he is screaming. Like, he sounds like a motor that's about to fucking blow a piston. Like, it's it's like you hold down the fucking gas, redline your shit until it blows. Like, that's how he's screaming. I mean, it's the loudest high-pitched scream I've ever seen. I'll tell you this. I'm not convinced that Carl Adams... Thought he was in a movie. No, he did He did not think he was in a movie. He was in a real arm <laughs> Like he came down from Canada as a two-time champion to Vegas, and they were filming a movie about an arm wrestling competition. He thought it was real, and he just walked in and he was in it. Yeah. So this sets up the finals: Hawk versus Bull. And at this point, we see uh, Mike. Mike made it there. He's somehow just backstage. I don't know how he got there, but I also don't know how he got to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> he he so, drove a truck to an airport, gave the truck away, somehow flew in baggage somehow, and now he's there. And as Lincoln Hawk put on that sleeveless, collarless, black New York shirt, he shows up under the bleachers. One of the, one of the best shirts of all time. Which nothing in this movie has anyone in New York or talks about New York ever, but he's wearing that shirt. <laughs> and it says New York, and it's got the outline of the city of New York on it. And it's like sparkly <laughs> and shit. <laughs> yeah, that shirt's awesome. It is amazing. Yeah, so Mike finds his dad. He's like, hey, I want to stay with you, which is a weird choice. But, I mean, let's talk about how badass this kid is now. Like, yeah, to be fair, I have talked a lot of shit about this kid. I mean, 
at the beginning of this movie, he's the biggest piece of shit. I mean, he's such a pussy. I hate to use that word over and over, but this kid was such a pussy. But, you know, to be fair to him, he found the letters. He jumped out of the window. He stole a truck. He illegally boarded a flight. This is pre-9-11. Yeah, pre-9-11 by years. Uh (laughs) Yeah. So he's able to just ride and baggage claim to Vegas. Uh, Got to the hotel. He knew what hotel the tournament was at. And he got backstage. I mean, it's a pretty badass move. It's an incredible move. And he finally picked to stay with his father, which is, I mean, you know, you would think it's questionable, but it's the right move. I mean, he's given up a lot in his life. He's given up all, he's given up everything to be with his dad. And he finally sees, I don't know, the kids come full circle. I'm going to go, I'm going to tell you now he's a badass. Like, the kid's going to be a badass. Yeah, he made he made a good turnaround. I'll agree. He went from being a blue waffle to a badass. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he, uh, do you want to explain what a blue waffle is? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So, Google, we know more than Google, and Google will help you out. <laughs> yeah, Google blue waffle. I'll tell you this: I was at I, I was at work. I'd never heard of a blue waffle before, and I was at work with a on a Coast Guard computer, and someone told me to Google, and I did, and it was not good. No, it's not. It's never good. That's never going to be good. <laughs> no. So anyway, so Mike finds his dad. He's like, I want to stay with you. Um, and at this point, Lincoln Hawk's like, you know, that's not a good idea. He's like, you know, I don't have any money. I don't have my truck. He didn't have anything. And he looks at him. He's like, man, you know, bull. He started to doubt He looks himself. defeated. Yeah, it's like yeah, bull. He looks he's a tough opponent. You know, he hadn't been – he hadn't lost in five years. Like, he's a tough opponent. He started to doubt himself because – you know, everything has happened over all these years. He doubts himself because, you know, the grandfather pushed him apart. A lot of, there's a lot of stuff in the basement, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. And he's like, you know, it's okay. You're going to win this tournament. And Lincoln Hawk's like, you know, I don't think I am. I hurt my arm. And this guy hasn't lost in five years. You know, he's just down in the dumps out of nowhere. Yeah, but Michael's able to give him a pep talk. Yeah, the world meets nobody halfway. Yeah, he Dad. gives the line right back, which is amazing. You want something? You got another another clue that this kid has turned his life around. The fact that the kid is saying that now, like it, it makes him a champion. It, it just goes to show you that two days with Stallone will turn you from a pussy to a badass immediately. Yeah. <laughs> And which is pretty amazing. Yeah, and it's just it's astonishing how this kid turned around. Yeah. So Lincoln Hawk, you know, just the love of his son is, you know, giving him motivation. And we get to the finals and what I thought was hilarious was they introduced the referees from the international <laughs> the international arm wrestling association and like 12 referees came out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they all came out. Do we even talk about so at the same time there's a women's arm wrestling tournament? 
Oh, yeah, that finished before the semifinals. But those chicks were jacked. They were jacked, and they were arm wrestling each other and stuff, and people were excited about it, I, you know. It was back when women showed up for their own sports, you know. <laughs> now they don't, so and then they complain about it. So, <laughs> I mean, those chicks were huge. They were badass, they too. Rock and Robin yeah. or whatever. She was the champion. I think they announced her or something like that. Some sort of maybe that's a wrestling name. I don't know. I, I didn't really pay attention to be honest. So Yeah, so they have the finals and uh they do another bull hurley interview. And this is one of my favorites because he just goes he doesn't even belong on my arm wrestling table. That's my table, my area. He's got no shit in business here. Yeah. Which honestly I have never heard somebody say use the word shit or shitting better than Bull Harley. He he's incredible. No, he's got he's got no shit in business. Yeah, here. and next, I think we all should use that anytime we see somebody who doesn't belong where they are. You just should walk up to him and say, "You got no shit in business here." <laughs> <laughs> Because there's no way. What are they going to do? They're going to look at you and be like, what the fuck is this guy? And they're like, you've got no shit in business here. And you stare at them. They got you turn around and walk away, right? Like, you're just going to leave. Oh, yeah, dude. I can't wait to use it. I can't. I'm going to use it on somebody tomorrow. I may go out after this. Well, nothing's open, so I guess (laughs) (laughs) I may go stand and order something somewhere and then tell somebody that. I don't know. Well, this is is exactly the perfect time to use it then. Yeah, because... If people are out during Corona and you see somebody out, you just go, hey, man, coronavirus is out. You got no shit in business. Here. Yeah, especially next time I go to the supermarket and somebody's getting the eggs, I'm going to look them straight in the face and be like, you got no shit in business here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, Bull Hurley, man. Yeah, I challenge you all to say that once this week. All our listeners, I'd love to hear feedback on how this goes, but I'd really like for you all. All of our thousands of listeners, maybe hundreds of thousands by now, I don't know. But if, when you guys are out in public this this week sometime, please look at somebody that looks a little bit out of place and look them in the face and go, you got no shit in business being here. I'd like to hear some feedback on that, some response. Yeah, this is actually the perfect time mm-hmm. to do it. And nope. Because there's a lot of places where people have no shit in business to go, right? Absolutely, yes. Bull Hurley, one of the best promos of all time, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's up there with Who's Flying the Plane by Ultimate Warrior. Um, it's up there with The Cream of the Crop by Macho Man. Uh, I, it's, it's up there with Flapjack Norton. Flapjack Norton. Um, it's up, like, it's, it's one of the greatest promos ever cut. Until we hear, oh. Link, till it goes to Lincoln Hawk. Yeah, where if you want to talk about this, you can. Lincoln Hawk is basically going to explain how he uh, uh, gets motivated for his tournament. Yeah, and he, you know, he's supposed to be cutting a promo, and he looks the camera dead in the eye, and he goes, you know, you know, I take my hat and I turn it around uh, backwards, and um, it's kind of like a switch. A switch goes on, and um, when that switch you know, turns on, I feel like a, a, a new man, like a, like another person, maybe, and he's standing in front of an 18-wheeler, and he kind of 
looks back over his shoulder and knocks on the door. And he goes, I feel like, uh, I, I feel like a truck. Um, so he basically is a transformer <laughs> and he turned, he's Optimus prime. There would be no Optimus prime if it wasn't for Lincoln Hawk. Like the, whoever invented transformers somehow went in the future and watched over the top. Do you agree? Because I think Transformers oh, yeah. was before. I think Transformers was like eighty four or something. But well, Harry Bosco said the same thing. He was basically an engine. He's an engine, and he's a fire plug. But we all looked at Harry Bosco. So um, yeah, he, yeah. He didn't have. Pants. I'm not gonna lie. I'd wear uh, that Alka Seltzer shirt around, but it didn't look good on him. It looked real good on Slamming Carl Adams. Oh yeah, but yeah, Lincoln Hawk was awesome here. Also, I noticed during this is the announcer said that Bull Hurley weighed over a hundred pounds more than Lincoln Hawk, which I wonder why they have weight divisions and weighed people in if they were just going to face each other who were a hundred pounds apart. I mean, at the end of the day, when the two best in the world have to fight weight, you know, it doesn't matter what you weigh. If you're going to be the best on the plant on planet Earth, if you're going to be the best. You got to defeat everybody, no matter what the weight is. Do you agree? Yeah, I yeah. agree. You're the best. You're the best. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, and uh, if you're the best around, nothing's going to bring you down. But that's another myth. Yeah, feel you're the best around. around. Nothing's ever going to break you down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So at this point, we have the finals. Do you want to explain this final uh, uh, match? Um. So, you know. I don't even know how many times Bull Hurley tries to intimidate Lincoln Hawk. What he calls him chicken shit. Uh, he says, "Yeah, he loves calling people chicken shit." He looks at him in the face. So they lock hands, and I'm going to tell you right now, Bull's eyes. I mean, do you think they're the size of like a large egg? Oh yeah, he's how like... wide his eyes are. And he looks at him and he screams, literally screams. Where at fifteen thousand people here, he goes, "You ain't shit." <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even know how. I mean, it's the most sweat I've ever seen. Do you agree that there's no all the sweat on planet Earth is there? It's like yeah, everyone is sweat more than anyone I've ever seen. Honestly, it's like they're arm wrestling in lava. That's how much they're sweating. So. They start to arm wrestle. You know, this is a championship of the world. Um, this is for $100,000, a $250,000 Pearl White Volvo, which then Volvo was making bitching-ass fucking 18-wheelers. You know what I mean? Late 80s, Volvo was the shit. Uh, when you got a Pearl White, I mean, that's snazzy, dude. So, first go-around... <laughs> Did you throw up right there? <laughs> yeah, I kind of did. I took a big swig of beer after that. <laughs> um, but um, so the first go around, you know, they start going and then their hands break apart, right? Because they're sweating. Do you think – so here's what happens. Bull blame – Bull says Lincoln let go. He let go. He looks at the ref, and when he looked at the ref and said he let go – Honest to God, I think the ref died. Yeah, I would have been scared to death if I was that ref. So do you think that Link let go, or do you think they were so sweaty? Do you think it was a bad grip? What do you think happened? 
I don't think Lincoln's going to let go because he knows you're not supposed to do that. He's not the type of guy who's going to take advantage. I think probably it was a sweat. I think it was a sweat. I think their hands slipped. And honestly, Bull, he's intimidating. He's a bully. So when he grabbed their hands, he kind of like perked up and got like a little bit of leverage. Like, you know what I mean? He's trying to like fuck with them and do the shit and then they let go. So, you know, obviously we all know the rules of arm wrestling that if you let go in the middle of a match, you got to put on the glove, right? And the glove is, you know, each of your hands fit in the glove and they tie it together to where nobody can let go. I don't know. Have you ever used the glove before in arm wrestling? Yeah, because people slip out on me all the time. I'm telling you, it happens to me a lot because people are afraid they, they don't get the right grip or they're nervous. And I don't know about you, but I get the right grip immediately every time. So I've dialed that in. Have you dialed that in? Yeah. Well, we've been doing this for a long yeah, 30 time. years. So it's yeah. since I was, I guess five since you were six or something, five, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a, for those of you who've never seen it, it's like, a, it's basically like a belt that ties around both arms. Yeah. It's like, um, a bowling glove that's stitched together and they wrap it around each person's hand fits in it and they wrap it around each other. So they have the glove on, you know, we explained the glove. Uh, sorry, I had to open up a beer. Should we do a shot actually, since it's the finals? Yeah. A shot for the finals. I think that's fair. I think it's absolutely fair. Um, all right, let me get one ready here. I'm drinking some, uh, Good old bourbon, a little bit of 90 proof, a little bit of Bell Mead. It's actually kind of shitty bourbon. I mean, it sounds like you're on under a waterfall. No, it's just another train. Oh, yeah, trains are going by. That's good. Uh, I enjoy a good train every now and then. You love living here. Um, well, I say cheers to make it to the finals over top, uh, to the two greatest arm wrestlers of all time, uh, Bull Hurley and Lincoln Hawk. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Cheers. I made a bubble on accident, so I might have done like a couple. I might have done two shots right there. All right, so the the tournament they had to strap up. Oh yeah, they got the glove on. They strapped up. So now Bull pulls the ultimate heel move, right? Like they're strapped up. Nothing you can do. Um, you know, hand to hand, right hand to right hand. Bull punches Link in the face with his own hand. You know, their hands are strapped together. So now Lincoln's got a bloody nose. Do you agree that – do you think that's a cheap shot or do you think that's one of the greatest heel moves of all time? Well, I'll say this. If you go by traditional arm wrestling rules, he should have been disqualified immediately. Agreed. Um, But when when a world championship is on the line with an underdog at 20 to 1 odds from the truckers division – versus a guy who hasn't lost in five years, you don't disqualify it, correct? 
Yeah, you let it ride. I mean, this guy's son's on the line. You know what I mean? Well, I like to think that they would leave it up to Lincoln Hawk, and Hawk's going to go for it. He's going to go for it, and I feel like that's probably a, de- a good deleted scene that's yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. Because um, yeah. to have this tournament, there's no way they wouldn't abide by the rules. Uh, yeah. As serious as this tournament is, as many people's there, as good as shirts as people's wearing. Um, so he punches him in the face. Lincoln Hawk's bleeding from the nose. Uh, they finally get settled down. And by the way, the ref is incredible. Uh, honestly, he looks like Luke Harper's dad. Yeah, he does. He really looks like Brody Lee's dad. Like, he's kind of bald with long hair in the back and a huge beard. He's an incredible referee. So, a little side note here. Do you think the officiating in this tournament was phenomenal? Oh, yeah. I loved every referee. I did, too. And I, I really thought they did a good job. And a lot of people don't call out the refs. I'm a big fan of the refs. I like to call them out. I like them to control the match. That's why I thought it was awesome that they announced all the referees at the at the beginning of the finals. Yeah, it was wonderful. And I think that the refs deserve – I mean, they're part of this. They're the guys that are – they're they're enforcing the rules. So, like, they're – you know, if you're a champion, it's because you did it right. The refs saw that. So, so we got Bull Harley, Lincoln Hawk, the finals. They finally square off. They – you know, the ref lifts his hands. They're going. And this happens in slow motion – and this whole arm wrestling scene lasts in slow motion, so I don't really know how long it is. Do you think how long do you think this actual match was? About twenty minutes or something? Yeah, in real life, probably. Yeah, in real life, probably twenty twenty five minutes. Do you think it's probably the greatest arm wrestling match of all time? It has to be the greatest. I can't imagine anything would beat this this final. I've never seen an arm. I've watched arm wrestling my whole life. I watch it the championships every year. Um, I know guys, I know people, I personally know people who are arm wrestling champions like Scott Norton. I've talked to them. I spent time with them. Um, I've never seen an arm wrestling match last longer than two to three minutes, let alone 25 minutes. And it goes back and forth. Um, it's so dramatic. It's in slow motion. There's a lot of grunts, a lot of hilarious noises. Um, the one thing you can pay attention is the sweat flying off everybody's bodies. And, you know, you think, you know, Bull gets linked down. And then, you know, Michael's cheering. Um, the grandfather's in the crowd now. Terry Funk somehow, is he's recovered. He sold the move pretty well, but he's down there. You know, everything's coming to a climax, right? Yeah. The, and, well, what's interesting about this is the grandfather is down there. And he's, as he sees Michael celebrate with Lincoln Hawk, he's tearing up. And you don't know, know. You don't know if he's tearing up because he just lost his grandson or he's tearing up because he just saw the greatest arm wrestling match of all time. Yeah, he's, he's in the crowd. You see, like, as you're watching this whole thing, all this stuff's going on across, you see Lincoln, who's – it looks like he's about to lose. You see him, you know, you see him move over, move the thumb, and you see him go over the top on Bull. This is a guy who hasn't lost in five years in the world. So you see him go over the top. You see him 
pull the arm back, and as he's about to slam it, it does a piano rift of Meet Me Halfway. Which, which is incredible. And everybody's celebrating. He slams the arm down. The crowd goes wild. I'm talking about everybody who was a Bull fan is now a Hawk fan. Michael's jumping up and down. The grandfather looks at the situation. He nods his head, and I think he understands, like, he fought for so long, and he, I think he, you know, had, like, a reality check. You know, he came to the fact that this dude's actually a good dude, and poor people are, you know, they're people, too. You know, I think he, like, realized that poor people are humans. Well, I think he, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, which like sometimes it takes a while to get there. Yeah, but he. I think he just saw, like Michael and Lincoln Hawk hugging, and he just got it. He got it, and you know, he knows too, and we know. Everybody knows Lincoln. You know, Link. He's a guy. No matter what he would bring Michael to his grandfather's, whether he got along with him or not, no matter what, anytime Michael wanted to go see his grandfather, Link would take him there. No matter how much it killed him, no matter how much it bothered him, he believes in it. And he would take it there. No matter how much the grandfather shit on him. I agree. Like, do you think like that was a moment in that movie where they're like, Lincoln would do that. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he's a good dude overall. He's a good dude. And I think he would take him there. And as yeah, Meet Me have, I mean, the son jumps up in his arms. He's holding him up as an air in the air. Uh, if you're not crying, you're an idiot. Yeah, this is highly emotional. This is like I've got, seen this movie. He got the truck. He got the kid. He got the money. He got everything. He's got everything. He's got a he's he's got a pearl white Volvo. Um, and he's got his kid back, and he made a hundred thousand dollars cash. And then on top of that, what people forget about this movie is he bet $7,000 on 21 odds on himself. So, <laughs> 140 grand. He's he's actually, do you think, he's actually richer than the grandfather now. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the grandfather went from 500 grand. Yeah, he did, I know. And he turned it down, which is hilarious. But, so we have a victor. We have the, and also one thing I will say about Bull, as good a heel as he is, when Link beat him, their hand is still tied together by the glove. Bull held his hand up in there. He raised his hand in victory. So I tip yeah, my cap to him. Class act. Uh, class act. You know, he might have been a bully. His name's Bull. I see what you did there. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the theme of this movie is it's, oh, you know, if you lose, so what you lose. You know, as long as you lose like a winner. Like Link explained to his son when he lost on the Mario pinball machine, as long as you lose like a winner, it's okay. It's okay to lose. You got to get back after it. So Bull, you know, he lost. He raised his hand. And then it cuts the scene. You can talk about it where they're standing in front of that, that pearl white Volvo. Yeah, it's just the final scene of the movie. The music's starting to hit. And, and they're talking about, Starting their new company, Hawk and Son or Son and Hawk, which and, was a great uh, humor, great humor at the end of the movie because you're crying, right? We're both crying, we're crying right. our eyes out, and then they cut a little joke. Uh, another thing about how good of an actor Stallone is, yeah, and that's the movie. You know, it's just from top to bottom, it gives you everything you'd ever want 
in a movie. Yeah, and the, I mean, there's a few underlying themes here. Uh, as far as it being the greatest movie ever made, it's, you know, the world meets nobody halfway. Like, if you want something, you got to take it. Um, there are going to be people that are there for you. Um, there are also going to be people that are going to push you in the other direction. Um, and you got to be able to face both sides of that. Uh, and don't be a pussy-ass kid, you know? Yeah, and if you're going to be a pussy-ass kid, eventually you got to steal a truck and do what you got to do. And drive to an airport and then fly to an arm wrestling tournament. And yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, this movie makes me want to have a kid, not talk to it for 10 years, go grab it in an 18-wheeler, drive it to an arm wrestling tournament, win an arm wrestling tournament. I arm wrestle to get my kid back. You know what I mean? Yeah, This. so this is a true story. I watched this movie at your house. <laughs> I went, I think you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I went home and I walked into my parents' bedroom. We were probably like, what, 19? Maybe 18 or something. Yeah. I don't know. Just dumbasses. So I got home. I, I walk into my parents' room. I go, hey, I, w- I know what I want to do with my life. <laughs> now, if you, if you know anything about me, my parents were ecstatic <laughs> that I had a plan for my life. So my mom goes, okay, what is it? And I say, I want to have a kid. And I want to leave that kid. Born. <laughs> and then I want to become a truck driver. And I want to reunite with that child when he's 12 years old. And I, I think my dad told me to get out of his room. <laughs> yeah. Your dad definitely said, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but honestly, it's a good way to do it. Like, don't talk to your kid for 10 years. Win it back in the arm wrestling tournament and then be, you know, then have your own trucking company. No, yeah, it's an awesome life. Um, um, before, before we wrap up, I do have some um, some facts about the movies. Uh, Stallone was paid $12 million for this movie. I think he was initially offered way less and they just kept offering him a movie until he said yes. Or they just kept offering him money until he said yes. Seems a bit low for a movie of that caliber, though, huh? I agree. It's pretty uh, honorable of him to do that. The film only took nine weeks to shoot from June 9th to August 15th, 1986. Um, it was all shot in uh, California. The mansion that was Cutler's mansion that Hawk ran through was actually the same mansion I was using the Beverly Hillbillies TV show. Oh, it was just on set that day. Yeah. The soundtrack is one of the best soundtracks of all time. It features songs from Kenny Loggins, Sammy Hagar, Eddie Money, Frank Stallone. Stallone. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone's brother sings songs in this movie. I can't recommend the soundtrack enough. Uh, it's a phenomenal soundtrack. The movie, uh, Debuted on Thursday, February 12th, 1987. It grossed $5 million its first weekend, finishing in fourth place, which seems insane. Yeah. Uh, I mean, back then, $5 million is incredible, right? Oh, yeah. probably. I mean, it finished fourth place. I'd like to know what the other three movies were that finished ahead of this. Um, Cinema Score gives it a B plus. 
Nah, I mean, I give it an A plus, obviously, but what the hell's Cinema Score? What are, who are those I've never guys? heard of it. Rotten yeah. Rot Tomatoes has a twenty seven percent, but no one follows Rotten Tomatoes. Matt might, but yeah, Rotten Tomatoes is a bunch of douchebags sitting in a room. They're not twenty seven percent losers, is what they they are. Yeah. I don't even know if that makes. Sense. <laughs> I mean, I hate Rotten Tomatoes so much. Do you know who owns? I'll fight him right now. No, we need to find out, though. I'd love to see you fight him, or at least arm wrestle him. Yeah, I mean, I bet we would arm wrestle him and win immediately. So, this movie was based off of a real arm wrestler. Yeah. Uh, John Versnick, who won the trucker's class in the actual tournament and won the Volvo white truck and a trail mobile trailer. It was worth about two hundred fifty grand. So, this is actually based on a real guy. He toured the country in that truck to promote the film and then sold it and bought himself a Corvette. What a badass. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah for real. Yeah, it is, uh, he bought a Corvette before like it was like Z06 was a thing, so it was old school. As an inside joke, they made the kid's name Michael Hawk, Mike Hawk. Um, Good old Mike Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, Mad Dog Madison was also in Rambo 3. He was, yeah. Um, and this is hilarious. Don Johnson was actually the first choice to play Lincoln Hawk. Jesus, yeah. I, I mean, I no offense to Don Johnson, but goddamn, I couldn't imagine how terrible that movie's in. It wouldn't and be also, a movie, yeah. It wouldn't have made it. And also, interesting fact is that the same truck that Lincoln Hawk drives throughout the movie, the red truck is in the 1989 movie The Wizard, which I'm sure we'll cover at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eclipse drives it. Yeah. Eclipse, Frank McRae from Lockup. And he's in Batteries Not Included. God damn, I never knew that, but I put it together right then and there. Eclipse drives that truck. Yep, the same as that truck. Yeah, and, damn. And that's, he's a good actor, Frank McRae was. Probably my favorite fact, backstage fact that I found from the movie is this. And uh, the production company flew professional wrestlers Manny Fernandez and the Barbarian to the set, but they were never used in the film. (laughs) The wrestlers were given money for food, but instead went to a bar for drinks. Well, that's Barbarian and Manny Fernandez. Manny Fernandez is crazy as hell. He stabbed people. According to Fernandez, the Barbarian got so drunk that after a patron insulted him, the barbarian smashed his mug of beer over his own forehead and laughed as blood poured down his own face. The patrons were so shocked by this, I called the police and arrested the barbarian and put him in jail overnight. <laughs> Manny Fernandez called the barbarian's wife, who bailed him out and flew him home. <laughs> he cooked, when he was home, she cooked him a big Tongan dinner. And then hit him over the head with the skillet over and over and told him not, never to get drunk again. The barbarian said, brother, I crawled on all fours. She just kept hitting me. <laughs> and if any of you know wrestling, that's barbarian. I bet Ming was dying laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I bet Ming was dying because barbarian and Ming are the toughest bastards ever to live. I mean, how awesome is this movie that they flew the barbarian out? <laughs> Never to get them, hammered. And never used them. Shit. Gave him money for food, and he just went to the bar. <laughs> Got shit faced. Went to jail, and then his wife beat the shit out of him with a goddamn cast iron skillet. Oh man, amazing movie. We're gonna wrap it up. 
Um, yeah. Should we? I got a couple things about Bull Bull Hurley. All right, go ahead. Um, just a couple things that he was in afterwards. In case you guys want to, you watch this movie, you really like him, or you folks, I guess. Which, by the way, rest in peace, Bull Hurley is no longer with us. He is no longer with us. Um, shame that we can't spend time with him today. I'd really, really enjoy that. Um, just a couple things he was in after. Over the Top was his first ever movie. So he got his big break in Over the Top. Um, he was in, after that, he was in Penitentiary 3. Uh, the TV series Werewolf. Uh, <laughs> then he went on to film a couple of, couple of movies. Uh, the Criminal Act and Liberty and Bash, but he was also in a couple TV shows that mattered. Uh, Tales from the, from the Crypt. Uh, he was in a two-part episode of Married with Children, Perfect Strangers. Uh, he also was in Night Court. Uh, then he did some serious movies. Uh, in 1991, he did Prime Target, Under Surveillance, and Missing Pieces, which if I know... You know, if I know Bull Hurley, he, those are serious movies, right? Oh, yeah. uh, then the you know the second biggest movie of his career, uh, he was the tattooed strongman in Batman Returns. Uh, incredible, yeah, incredible. Uh, he was also in the show Renegade uh, with Lorenzo Lamas, where all he did was ride motorcycles and fight each other with shotguns. Uh, he was in Time Cop, the TV series. Um, and then his last, and this is fitting and, you know, just to, you want to do a shot for, for fucking bull, bull Hurley. You want to do a shot for him? Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, his, his real name is Rick Zumwalt. Uh, he's St. Louis, Missouri. Um, he was born in 1951. Uh, he died in 2003, unfortunately. Um, but his last role ever was in 2001. His name was Skippy. And his role, or his, uh, he was in the movie Skippy, and his role was biker with bandana. <laughs> that's what it says. So is his last role ever? That's that's fitting for him, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Whoever he fought had no shit in business being there. Yeah, one of my favorite actors. I think we should do a shot for him. Yep, I think we should do a shot for him. As good as an actor as he was. It's really a shame that he never, you know, people never caught on to him because he could have been a really good late 80s bad guy. Um, but, you know, cheers to Rick Zumwalt, a.k.a. Bull Harley. <laughs> All right. All right, so there it is. Over the top, the best movie ever made. I can't recommend it enough. It's perfect. The soundtrack's perfect. The movie's perfect. It's a Stallone's movie perfect. I've seen probably a hundred times, and I never get tired. Like I watched it today, and it was like it was like the first time I'd watched it. Like I never get tired of this movie. Every time I watch it, it's like the first time, and nothing makes me nothing makes me more excited than watching it with someone, and it's their first time. To the point where I feel like I'm annoying because I get so excited and I'm yeah. ready to like talk to him about everything. Oh yeah, for sure. So that was our first movie review. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we have another great movie coming up next week. And uh, thanks, thanks for tuning in. As always, hit us up on the Instagram. 
and the Twitter, and uh, uh, Jamie's got a Facebook page coming. He's just getting it ready. Yeah, I'm always – I'll get it ready. It'll be fine. I'll, I'll get one going. <laughs> so that's our show. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Yep. Love you guys. See you next Peace. week.